The following program was made possible by Ward's lawyers. Find us at wardlegal.ca. Well, one thing that's come out of staying home so much more is uh, finally cleaning out the barn and getting rid of all this stuff that the ugh, previous owner left behind. Rusty saw, cracked hard hat. Huh, an 8-track player. Wow, there's a tape in it. <laughs> Maybe I'll just put that in a box marked ZZ. Stop! Maybe my friend Dave will take it. Toronto Maple Leafs hat. <clears throat> yeah, like I'll be wearing that. What else? An extension cord for a landline phone? <laughs> that is so 2019. In our house, anyway. Hey, what's this? Just dust it off. <gasps> hey, there's a button! <laughs> Greetings, podcast host. Wow, you're good, robot. How'd you know what I do? Do you receive software update notices on your computer machine? Yeah, I just uh, ignore those. Well, robot does not ignore those. Cool. Well, seeing how you're updated and clearly super smart and stuff. Uh, robot, can you tell me how long all of this is going to last? Processing. Processing. Answer. That depends on you and all human beings. And if you can all finally realize that you are not two meters apart when showing an unnecessary photo and or video of a dancing monkey on your phone, and that you cannot add and subtract members of your bubble more often than you flip between Netflix and that other streaming service, and that wearing a mask is not part of a government conspiracy that will lead to a tracking chip. Uh, okay, okay, I, I get it, robot. If only we'd all get it, huh? Well, how about this? Can you tell me if the Advocate podcast, Stories from Kawartha Lakes, has all the hallmarks of a great news magazine program for and about the best community in the whole world? Processing. Still processing. Answer. Improve the opening sketches and consult robot in two months. Keeping that robot, by the way, maybe it can figure out how to operate that instant pot we have. Welcome to the program. My name is Denny Gringell, your host and audio tour guide, where we visit a kind-hearted Kawartha Lakes troubadour for the residents of long-term care, performing in a unique setting. Advocate editor-at-large Nancy Payne joins us to talk pop-ups. What's a pop-up? We'll find out. For the foreseeable future, clients of a place called home are calling a local motel home. We'll hear how that move went and what it really shows us. Sure, you grew tomatoes aplenty, but why no cukes, as in cucumbers? So settle into your favorite chair or keep your eyes on the road on that commute or, or give your dog some extra leash on that walk. This is the Advocate Podcast, stories from Kawartha Lakes. Well, there's a sound that wasn't heard by high school students for many months, but it's back, though not as frequent. Those high school students in Kawartha Lakes who did not opt for online studies are back in the classroom, but it is different. One class, all day, for a few months, then another class for a few months, then another. A measure that is meant to keep fewer students in motion from class to class. Classes where desks are now further apart and masks are as ubiquitous as that laptop. This is the new back to school 
for a while anyway. Jeannie Truax is a grade 12 academic student at IE Weldon. Now, I spoke to Jeannie literally less than an hour after week one wrapped up, and I asked her, how are you feeling? Um, at the moment, stressed. Like, I've already had, like, five assignments um, that are worth my final percentage of my grade. It's nice because we only have the one class to worry about, but... Um, it still is stressful having to kind of cram everything in, getting a day and a half to finish an essay. And, but I don't feel so bad. I'm not stressed about the people around me. Everyone's at Weldon has been pretty consistent with wearing masks and very responsible. Can't say the same for every other class, but for my classroom, everyone's been fantastic. Like quiet, respectful, nobody's standing up in other people's way. Everyone's staying seated and following rules as best they can. So, Well, take me into the classroom, what that's like. If I were looking over your shoulder, even from the door, what would I see or what might I even feel? Well, definitely for the first little bit, it's cold. It's very like there is, I'm very used, everyone else is very used to being sat right beside each other and, you know, close quarters, leaning over to your friend and whispering in their ear or something while the teacher is talking, but that can't happen. It's hard to even have a conversation with anybody at all because A, you're spread out, which is good, and um, B, you've got a mask on. So you don't, you can't whisper to your friend. You can't really be social. You just kind of sit in your class and you let your teacher talk and then you finish your work. It's not necessarily, um, gloomy, but, but uncomfortable. It's a little unsettling because especially because we've been so used to being completely isolated or just with your family or just with like a few other people and not only knowing the risk that's in sitting in the classroom but also feeling like you can't do much you never quite know if it's okay to stand up from my desk right now or if it's okay to go and get go and take my mask off and get a drink it's hard to to deem what is the correct way to go about your daily lives when you have other people to worry about and yourself. You say it's not gloomy, but it it, it, it sounds like you're on edge. All the time, yeah. There's it's it's hard to to not feel anxious and a little stressed. And they've done the best job they could at keeping things like easy and teachers are very very helpful and lenient like if you need to go outside and just take your mask off they're they're fine with that it can be a little gloomy it can be like some days are harder than others but it's not it's I, I don't get scared from going to school like I don't get anxious in the morning but when you are there it's a pretty tight environment and easy to mess up how is that affecting your actual learning because you are there obviously for an education I am doing better than I probably do naturally with four classes because I'm so focused on myself. I'm a super, like, I'm a theater kid. So I'm like, I'm always socializing, always talking, always thinking of the next clever thing to say. I went into my classroom on the first day and I went in like, I'm going to say something really clever, really funny. I'm going to make everything laugh. And I, and I just, just blanked. I was like, I don't even know what to say here. There's a, normally I'm, I'm super outgoing and, and um, chatty, but I've just been really focusing on my work and I've been doing very well. I don't know if it's the same for other people, but everyone that I've talked to seems like they've really 
just narrowed down and getting the best marks that they can. And I think it's actually beneficial for a lot of students. For some students, when you look at students outside, like I've had, I've sat um, with one of my friends outside um, eating our lunch and looking at the front schoolyard and everyone's gathered together. Most people aren't wearing their masks and they're breathing on each other's faces and, you know, like chatting up a storm. And it, sometimes it's hard to watch. It's hard because it's, it's, it, it makes you wonder if, you know, is that what I've been doing? Have I been that disrespectful? And have other people looked at me and went like, oh God, I can't believe she's doing that right now. Because that's how I'm looking at these kids right now. The other kids, especially the kids younger than me, who are very concerned with socializing and making new friends. Um, when for me, I don't need that. I already have a group of people that I'm, I'm close with. It's definitely really different is the best way I can describe it. I think as a person, it's also, it's made me really be able to be empathetic for other people and understand how the situation can be really stressful for some people and for some people it's nonchalant and I try to put myself in everybody else's shoes so that I I know that they hopefully would do the same thing for me and um, hopefully as a student I'll always have that and understand that that other students are gonna struggle more with these kinds of things and other students are gonna struggle less. You've just finished your first week how do you think Monday morning will be? I'm gonna be tired. I'm gonna be very, very tired. But I think, for me, I've gotten into the the motion of of doing the same thing every day, and I've adjusted to um, the the protocols and and everything around them. So for me, it just feels like school, just with a couple a couple little changes and being more cautious. My name is Jeannie Truex from Dunsford, and you're listening to the Advocate Podcast Stories from Kawartha Lakes. This is episode 16 of the Advocate Podcast. We are part of the Advocate Magazine and 100% local media. All episodes are available to download, stream, and subscribe to on Spotify for free. Thanks to our exclusive sponsor, Ward's Lawyers. Chris and Jason Ward and their team offer a wide range of legal services. Learn more at wardlegal.ca. I don't think anyone in Kawartha Lakes would have doubted that homelessness exists in our community. A place called home has seen its number of clients increase dramatically since that day in March. A challenge given that COVID forced the agency to close its shelter in Lindsay and relocate those clients and many more to local motels. But as APCH Interim Executive Director David Tilley points out, that increase just shows what homelessness really is in Kawartha Lakes. One of the factors that, are, that has really been, um, has really shown up because of the pandemic is the, is something that we knew existed all along but it's really hard to put your finger on, and that is the hidden homelessness problem that that, that exists in, in most rural communities. And these are folks who are uh, living in either precarious situations, maybe they're couch surfing, um, or they're just taking a day-to-day and you know trying to resolve their own situations. And these folks typically don't come to us unless you know the, the, the circumstances really get dire. And because of the pandemic, a lot of these secondary options are not available. Um, if you were couch surfing, well, you know, when the pandemic first struck, that generally doesn't become a viable option because people don't want you around. 
if you're in a rooming house environment and things are rocky or if you get you know if you come in with a head cold maybe you know the the rest of the roommates don't want you there and, they, and then what do you do right so in in many ways what we're seeing in terms of numbers is a much is probably a more accurate reflection of what homelessness is in our region well and, and that's sort of how i sort of looked at it it's the folks who you know, either were in precarious situations or or or, or um, were dealing with it on their own. But again, the pandemic has created such a level of fear um, that that situation is, um, is, is become untenable. And so they, they show up on our doorstep. Uh, COVID has pretty much just drawn the curtain so that we get a, a more accurate reflection of, of what's going on, I guess. It, it's been amazing, you know, the, the, the ramifications of this on, on the client population, you know, like, you know, Many of our clients don't do well in isolation. They're very social individuals. And when COVID came along, it had a, a hugely negative impact on a lot of mental health in, individual for, for our clients. What kind we of things, saw, were you, when you say that, what kind of things were you seeing? Well, uh, you know, we, we as an agency, we, we encourage clients who, are, who have been with us um, to come back and, you know, either volunteer or participate in our outreach program. To, uh, to keep connected. And, you know, a lot of these programs were either temporarily suspended or, um, you know, or the clients just, you know, we couldn't have them around mostly just due to potential crossover between clients and staff. So, you know, I, I know a lot of situ- individual situations were exacerbated. A lot of addictions um, were, were, were exacerbated as well as people were trying to cope with, with the isolation. What kind of things are they telling you now, David, given that they're, you know, in motels and, and in single rooms, I'm guessing, unless it's a family? It's, it's still challenging for sure. Um, you know, isolation is still there, but things have sort of normalized to one degree or another. We're starting to see some of our clients, you know, re-engage and come back to us uh, to, to touch base. Um, and, you know, and the stress level seems to be reduced a little oh. bit. It's like anything. It normalizes, right? Yeah, yeah you're right. We just, yeah, you're right. Yeah. The, the new normal becomes the regular normal. Exactly. So, you know, everybody understands, you know, social distancing or physical distancing. You have to wear masks. You know, you have to sanitize. And once the procedures are in place and everybody's kind of following them, you know, there there is a, an element of, I, I don't know if it's false security, but uh, there's certainly an element of, of perceived, um, again, normality with this. So, you know, we're trying to try to keep keep people connected to us. You know, it's it's been an interesting journey because the, the client numbers are, you know, generally about three times what we're used to. You get from the scenarios where mental health or addictions tend to feed off each other. But, you know, as, as you know, we've been doing this a long time, so... There are strategies we use to sort of mitigate that. There's no doubt it is, it, is, it is very challenging at times, especially with the large numbers. People who have been in assigned motel rooms, um, are they still there? I guess what I'm asking is, have you had to, has anyone had to evict anybody? Uh, evictions actually are pretty rare. Um, it, yeah, it's, not, it's not a frequent occurrence. And if it does happen, it's usually something extremely serious. And it's, it's you know, either someone, um, again, the mental health or it could be an addiction issue crops up and they create damage to the room and, you know, the motel owner evicts them or asks us to. Sometimes, you know, it could be police intervention. Uh, but we haven't had to evict a lot of people. Um, thankfully, people, you know, some people are, are finding housing. You know, we, we do get people moving every month. Uh, and we've been we've been pretty lucky that, uh, you know, the, ho- the hotels that we're dealing with have been extremely accommodating. Uh, we are double staffing around the clock uh, and remaining on the site. We, again, we have had issues, but they've been mitigated dramatically by the presence of our staff on site. My name is Deja Brathwaite from Ward's Lawyers and Lindsay. 
your official sponsor of the Advocate Podcast, Stories from Kortha Lakes. My name's Craig, and hopefully you'll enjoy some of these songs, and hopefully they'll bring back some memories. First one, I'm sure you'll know, Folsom Prison Blues. Craig Schroeder is standing behind a mic stand, strumming his acoustic guitar, which is hooked up to a small amplifier. Lyrics on an iPad in front of him, which he cleverly scrolls through with a foot switch. He's performing to residents at Crescent Care on Mary Street in Lindsay. His song choice? Well, let's just say Craig knows his audience. He's been volunteering his live music for, well, going on 15 years now at various long-term care homes in Kawartha Lakes. But today, for reasons that are easy to comprehend, Craig's performing outside a good three meters from the wall and facing an open window. I joined Margaret Downing, activity attendant with Crescent Care, and Erin O'Grady, its general manager, for a safely distanced front row seat on the grass to Craig's unique concert. Well, we're always thankful for entertainment and Craig sang for us for years, so it's just thinking outside the box in this time. Um, how to get the entertainment to the residents. I'm playing to the back of my amplifier, which is so odd because I reached around to turn it on and I found I was reaching around to the front. The switch is right on the back where it's always been. So it's a little different, yeah. Well, if they freed me from this prison, the last place that I played before this whole COVID thing started was, was here, uh, right at the end of February. And uh, so I, I was kind of starting to miss it. And I guess it was about a month ago or so, um, Margaret called me and she said, you know, would you mind coming in and playing outside? And that, so I thought, well, maybe they were going to set everybody up outside. And I thought, well, that's quite an undertaking to bring everybody out. Uh, but she said, no, you're going to be the only one that's outside. Everybody else will be in enjoying dinner. Well, thank you. It is nice to have a couple of people sitting outside this time. <laughs> Last time everybody was inside. I didn't even know if anybody was in there. Maybe I was talking to myself. It's nice to have music out here time to time. Well, it gives you something to do, something to listen to. Brings a lot of the memories back. Cruising the streets. And it just makes you feel younger. You're already smiling, I can tell. So you're, you're pumped about this, aren't you? I love it. It's great. Big long ride. He jumps in the cab and he's off of the price of eagles. It's a little different, too, in the way that they're set up now because I'm playing two different sittings for dinner. Um, I can play the same songs twice, so I don't have to practice as many songs, and, and I can kind of stick to songs that I've been playing for a thousand years. You can't see the audience. What do you do to envision them, to, to picture them in your mind? I do, well, it, it, that's actually pretty easy. I, I just try to remember uh, the way it's looked on, you know, on previous times when I have been inside. And uh, the second last song that I played there, um, it's called The Prisoner's Song. And uh, I remember like my, my grandparents and great uncles and aunts playing this song over and over again. But I thought it was just a song that they knew. I never realized how popular it was until I, until I started playing shows like this. And it, it may not be a song that you would know by the name. Like I'm not sure if you recognized it, but I guarantee you everybody in there knew that song. And I always see toes tapping along with that song. So, so that's what I kind of picture when I'm standing out here is what I remember it being like when I was in there. The spuds are big on the back of Bud's rig. They were dancing in the dining room. Clapping, singing along. Um, they clap after each song, which is funny because the entertainers can't hear that. 
<laughs> with the wall between us. But yeah, they, it's just like they're there, but they're out here. Did that yeah. surprise you? They had that kind of reaction? Uh, maybe a little bit. Me, I didn't know how it would go over, you know, because it is strange having the entertainer outside. We've never done this before, yeah. but you know, it, it works. This, uh, this song is slowed down a little bit. Um, this is an old Johnny Cash song uh, called I Still Miss Someone. Here you are after a full day's work. So what's the motivation for you? to? How, how do you stay up in your mind to get out and do this when a lot of people go, well, I'm going to hit the couch? Yeah, well, to tell you the truth, and, and it, it's a little different being out here because I can't see the people, but I've played out here for enough times um, that I, I know the, the joy that the people get from just hearing the music. And it doesn't have to be fantastic music. It's just me playing a few chords on, on a guitar. But I know it breaks up the day for them and uh, makes uh, the people inside feel a lot better. And so it, it's fun to do. I, I look forward to it, actually, all throughout the day at work. And it's kind of what keeps me going through a day like today was. I play uh, with, a, with a band of uh, folks from time to time. We call ourselves the Rhythmic Sidekicks uh, with my friend uh, Charles Gloucester. And, uh, and Joanna Hodge, along with Steve Hayner and Joe McCool, and sometimes Ben Hayner. One I'm sure you'll know by Buck Owens and the Buckaroos, called I've Got a Tiger by the Tail. I've got a tiger by the tail, it's plain to see. I won't be much when you get through with me. I particularly enjoy it because I like the old songs. My, my family and friends aren't such big fans, so I, I really appreciate being able to come to a place like this and play these old Wilf Carter, Hank Williams songs. You found, you found an audience. Yeah, exactly. You know, So it makes me feel good. I think it makes them feel good. And everybody feels good. And then I saw her face. Now I'm a believer. Not a trace. A doubt in my mind. What does this mean? to the residents in here who have been, many of whom have been, you know, almost locked down for the last three or four months or so? Good question. I think for the residents, it's, you know what, they're still living with COVID mm -hmm. and we can still bring entertainment and life into the home with just a new reality for them. Disappointment haunted all my dreams. And then I saw her face. Now I'm a believer, not a trace of doubt in my mind. My name is Craig Schroeder, and you're listening to the Advocate Podcast, Stories from Kawartha Lakes. Dude, you got it in the first take. Awesome. <laughs> For your garden plants, certainly tomatoes and cukes are, are, are very, very common. Tomatoes are guaranteed. Dukes can start anytime. That was Carl Kimmett, expert gardener, way back in May and episode 7, when I consulted Carl about my, seriously this time, starting a garden. I'd only dabbled a bit with it in the past. My tomatoes, which I did not expect to thrive, did this year. Lots of tomatoes, but those cukes Carl spoke of, as in cucumbers, well, I thought that would be a gimme. I'd always had cucumbers without even trying. But this year, nope. Three cucumbers total amidst a whole bunch of less useful gourds. Turns out I'm not alone. Anecdotal evidence, you know, talking to friends and family, tells me that this was not a good year for cucumbers. Okay, so what's the deal? Well, joining me on the line is Sylvia Kiesmat from her Russet House Farms near Cameron. Sylvia is an occasional contributor to The Advocate magazine and a permaculture gardener and consultant. Okay, Sylvia, please allow me to consult you. What happened to my cukes? 
I think you need to check your seed source, first of all, if you've had all those gourds. But um, your cucumbers, did the plants just sort of suddenly kind of up and wilt on you? Well, there were lots of plants. Like when you walked past that box, there was a lot of greenery. And, you know, for the leading up to it, I'm thinking, this is great. I'm going to have bushels and bushels of cucumbers. And all I ended up with mm-hmm. were a lot of plants, three cucumbers, and a lot of gourds. Okay. Well, that, that might be a different problem than a lot of people had. If you had a lot of flowers but they weren't turning into fruit. Then you had pollination issues and you didn't have enough pollinators around. Oh, you mean like uh, bees and wasps mm-hmm. and things? And Yeah, bees and native bees, they'll all pollinate uh, your cucumbers. Um, and one way to attract them is actually to kind of just make up a bit of a, of a sugar mixture and just spray that over your cu- cucumber plants and that, that will attract them. And, um, and then they will see your flowers as well and pollinate them. A better way is to plant a whole bunch of pollinators around. I mean, you're going to have much more vegetables if you have a lot of pollinator flowers around. Flowers that that attract bees, um, beetles, uh, mason bees, a lot of native bees, some wasps, bee balm, uh, or known also as bergamot. Later in the season, of course, black-eyed Susans are very popular. Um, calendula and nasturtium are annuals that you can just plant seeds. If you don't have a perennial garden, you can plant those in amongst your your vegetables. But the tomatoes thrived. I would have thought that that being kind of a fruit, that's the kind of thing that would really uh, depend on pollinators, no? So tomatoes uh, will self-pollinate in the wind. Oh. If 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 it's good and windy, a lot of their flowers just self-pollinate. Same with peppers. So um, that you don't need to rely on insects for your tomato crop. Now I'm not alone here, Sylvia. I mean, I'm 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 surprised at how many people I've spoken to have said, "Yeah, cucumbers were terrible this year." So what gives? What do you know? Well, there's another reason uh, besides pollinators. My plants all up and died very, very early, and that happened to a lot of people. And that's because downy mildew came into the area this year. And downy mildew is a mold that's kind of uh, based, it's a water-based mold. And it comes up from the southern United States where it overwinters. And it needs exact conditions to move up here. It, It literally rides on the wind. Oh. And it often often rides on, on storms, thunderstorms, that move up the continent. And then it needs a few days, three or four days of incredibly high humidity to kind of get some energy and get its foothold into plants in that area. And then it rides another storm further north and colonizes some more plants in a hot, humid environment. Which so, we had this summer. We had some hot, humid days. We really did. And so some summers, all the variables that are necessary, like it's, if you kind of think of the downy mildew as a hitchhiker, and it needs exactly the right kind of transport <laughs> to hitchhike its way up the continent. Some years we don't get that. This year we did have it. Hmm. And so there's no way to protect your plants if it's coming in on, on the wind like that. So there are some precautions that you can take. So there are some things you can do. Good, because I'm just thinking for next year, if uh, downy mildew, right? That's what it's called? Downy mildew. Which sounds like a country singer, so I think I can remember what that is (laughs) now. Okay, so how do I prevent downy mildew from singing its song on my cucumbers next year? (laughs) If if you play it backwards, you get your cucumbers back. Um, (laughs) uh, Well, one thing is to definitely grow your cucumbers up some kind of a trellis. 
so they have very good air circulation. Okay. Um, so even if it's humid, a little bit of air circulation is good. Another is to spray your plants you know, once a week or so with some kind of liquid seaweed. There are tonics that you can make to spray, even if you've got the downy mildew, but also as preventative. And the classic one is sort of four tablespoons of baking soda, uh, four tablespoons of Murphy's oil soap, if you can believe it, Mm -hmm. um, and one gallon of warm water. And you just mix that up. And if you spray every two weeks with that, that will function as a preventative. But if you get the downy mildew, you can also spray your plants with that, um, you know, every week to kind of get rid of it. You don't know if it's coming, so you might as well, yeah, do this just to prepare. My thanks to permaculture gardener and consultant Sylvia Kiesmat for her tips on how to prevent downy mildew and its hurting songs against my cucumbers next gardening season. You can contact Sylvia via russethousefarm.ca. This is episode 16 of the Advocate Podcast, stories from Kawartha Lakes. And joining me in our studios here on Cheese Factory Road, Nancy Payne. Hey, thanks for coming uh, coming by again, walking across the hall into this <laughs> it was, office. It was a long way, but you know. <laughs> and I know you uh, you you discovered something in downtown Lindsay. Uh, we're, we're both food aficionados, I guess we could call ourselves. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I mean, I, I like food. I like to cook. I'm not I'm not that into it, I wouldn't say, but I'm always interested when people are doing some neat new things. And what I learned about recently was a couple of places in Lindsay that are doing um, food pop-ups. So okay, they're yeah, not, you have to explain what a pop-up is here because that's new to me. They're yeah, so they're they're not uh, people doing like the same old thing at a restaurant or their usual menu. They're offering something different, or it's only available for a limited time. Okay, so two of them I can choose from. Like, tell me about the first one that really piqued your interest. Well, the first one, of course, you know I like to bake and I love supporting great local bakeries, of which we have several. But this one is not so much a bakery as it is kind of a one-off that happens every now and then. And I was intrigued by the title, which was something sweet Kawartha Lakes. That's the Instagram handle. So. The thing was, I was seeing these amazing looking pictures of donuts being made. Donuts, okay. And, I'm with you. Yeah, and in some of them, um, there was Louis Carcabasis from Pan A Vino. So I was really curious. And then I missed one thing that was a pre-order. And then there was one a few weeks ago uh, where it was just to drop in. So it was sort of a market at Pan A Vino, but it's not there, as I understand it, they're not... Um, they're not the bakers. There's somebody else doing the baking and it's being sold at Pane Vino. So they're and, providing the venue for it. Yeah, along yeah. with some of their other uh, things and coffee and hot chocolate and things like that. It was really cool. And there was it was largely word of mouth and, and social media. There were all these people who'd heard about it who were lined up on Saturday morning. It was really interesting. I remember when you came in the house with these donuts that, that almost looked like, um, dare I say, like... Uh, pieces of art in a sense they were just so nicely crafted i felt just a bit guilty eating them for about a second and a half and exactly then, yeah, and they were just they, how would you describe it because it's not completely a donut it feels well, I, I mean they, they make quite a range right uh, um the the woman who runs it is named tiffany and she just said she just creates all these neat flavors based on stuff that interests her uh, my favorite was the crullers which were amazing and they actually had a limit on those you could only buy two because that's how popular they are but she's also done some other things taking orders ahead of time and she'll list the flavors and honestly almost as soon as you see that pop up they're sold out i could tell you a bit more about this but i think honestly the best person to kind of explain what's going on is uh tiffany herself from something sweet Kawartha lakes 
I was off work, <laughs> much like a lot of other people, looking for something kind of interesting to do. And I've always enjoyed baking and cooking, and uh, kind of came up with the idea and ran with it. But making donuts is not easy. Like that's a and it's you've a got lot some. Of work. <laughs> so what time were you here this morning? Uh, we started around 1:30. How do you decide what you're going to make? Just kind of off the top of my head to be honest with you just different flavors that I like and different cakes and things that I've made in the past and kind of incorporate that into uh, into the different donuts so. yeah we don't have anything like this in town which so it's something a little bit different and nothing really nearby either so I think it's been really good yeah and what I find really cool there is it's it's kind of consistent with the whole pop-up motif when you asked her you know how do you decide on flavors eh, just whatever I think of that day Absolutely. Yeah. And, and just uh, doesn't hurt that she posts really tantalizing pictures of them online, too. But just I love that she just, well, I was out of work. I love to bake. I thought I'd try this. I, I think that's the whole spirit of the pop up right there. OK, I, I acknowledge we're doing this a bit backwards, Nancy, because we talked about dessert before supper, because I know what the second pop up is. We had it for supper last night. Exactly. The uh, the little uh, taco kit from yeah. uh, the folks at Fresh Fuel, which again, just totally new, just been doing it a few weeks, all word of mouth and social media. That's all they've done. And it's just once it happens, it's sold out. And that's it's a one time only thing. Yeah, and it's really cool. Because when it arrived, it was like in literally like a kind of a pizza box, but neatly arranged too. like you can tell the care and the pride they have and just the uh, the display of the food. Absolutely. And it was delicious. There were a couple of meat options and a vegan option. And and uh, it was just a really fun thing to do on a Friday evening. So how busy are they? Well, it's blown up. It's been hugely popular. They, Like I say, they've sold out pretty much every week. But uh, as you know, they're busy people. And uh, I, I asked Lewis, why would you take on something extra like this? You know what? It, the fact that we have a large family, they have four kids. Um, you have the new, you know, COVID times where, yes, we have fresh fuel and we are now running on limited hours. Uh, you know, so we can be at home with our, our other one, our little ones. But uh, th the fact for me is that tacos, like it's some, it's a passion of mine that forever, and that it's something that always brings people together. And I think right now, more than ever, is such an opportunity for families to sit together, for friends to sit together and share a meal. So it's just that opportunity to be able to share something I love with the rest of the community. You're listening to the Advocate Podcast. I'm Luis Segura Lua from Los Poetas, and here's one of our newest songs, Siembra Cultiva Cosecha, Plant, Cultivate, Harvest. If this is ajedrez, not checkers, move to pieza. Siembra, cultiva, cosecha, hecha a mano. Hoy revelamos el fruto de mi hermana, mi hermano. Escucha, esto es lucha, lo que cantamos. Vamos, hoy hay fuego donde había humo. Yo me escapo por el túnel y me cago en el muro. Duro, damos contra todo, corrupto, juntos, tres puntos. Somos pocos, pero criollos, indios, blancos, negros, todos locos en un sistema que te enseña. Que pa' vivir hasta el culo se empeña Así que muévalo sin pena Raíces africanas dieron cumbia Bomba y plena Siembra, cultiva, cosecha Siembra, cultiva, cosecha Semillas rebeldías hoy empieza Levántate pueblo y defiende lo tuyo Levántate pueblo y defiende lo tuyo Levántate pueblo y defiende lo tuyo Levántate, pueblo, y defiende lo tuyo. Gringo cochino, vete pa' tu casa. No, 
Not today, colonizer, media gentrifier, Bahamas are renta, South Bronx representa, wear it all black like an anarchista, yeah, encapuchado like a zapatista, encapuchado like primera línea, yeah, luchando por la vida, amor y resistencia, creando conciencia, somos los pobres que luchan y piensan, tírale un molotov, dale fuego, tírale un molotov, dale fuego, siembra, cultiva, cosecha. Graffiti, b-boy, DJs and mic checkers Baila bomba, baila cueca Tomándonos la calle de acá la cordillera Siembra cultiva cosecha Siembra cultiva cosecha Siembra cultiva cosecha Semillas rebeldías hoy empieza yeah. Levántate pueblo y defiende lo tuyo Levántate pueblo y defiende lo tuyo Now, if you've already got your tickets for the October 1st Home Again concert at the drive-in, I'm guessing you're going to hear that song performed live by Los Poetas and Luis Segura, a great singer-songwriter and, uh, as we learned there, a great taco and sandwich creator too. That October 1st show actually sold out quite fast, but you may still be able to catch the September 30 show. It's an all-star lineup, which includes James Barker and Heaps, all in support of the Academy Theatre. We are brought to you by our official sponsor, Ward's Lawyers. Now, if you need a lawyer, reach them at wardlegal.ca. And you got to check out their website. It is, it's so cool. That's, you know, I'm, just go to it. You'll see how cool it is. Our theme music is written and produced by Gerald Van Haltern. The Advocate Podcast, Stories from Fort the Lakes, is produced by me, Denis Grignon, with some help from Nancy Payne. So buckle down, folks. Thanksgiving is right around the corner. And let's, let's do it safely. And remember... We can still get within two meters of that turkey and pie. In fact, I recommend it. Talk to you in mid-October. <laughs>